0: Welcome back to Lexi's Lounge, your home for mind, body, business, and marketing. This podcast is home to the raw, real, unscripted conversations that nobody else wants to have. On Tuesdays, I bring in the guest experts, and on Thursdays, you'll hear all the high thoughts. So excited that you are here, so grab your coffee, cocktail, whatever your drink of choice is, and let's head to the lounge. Stephanie and Emily, welcome to Lexi's Lounge. What are you guys drinking today? A big old bottle of water, baby. Hydration Hydration <laughs> Nation. Yes. I have been so bad about
1: drinking water lately. So I got, I got the, the big boy here. Sometimes that's the <laughs> hardest thing to drink. I can't drink water. Every time I go to the doctor, I'm like, so does like seltzer count? And they're like, no, I'm like, I don't understand why it's literally, I'm taking the water and then putting it in the seltzer machine, pressing a button and, air goes in and bubbles. I was like, I don't, why is that not the same thing? But they can never give me a clear answer. I definitely drink eight cups of seltzer a day, which is probably why I have to pee so bad. Currently I am drinking nothing because I have to cut my liquids like an old lady starting at 7.30. Otherwise I will be on the toilet all night, every three hours. So Mm. for all the women out there that (laughs) suffer from overactive bladder, I feel you because that is my life. But usually I'm drinking cranberry seltzers and those go right through my body.
0: I mean, the fact that you can cut yourself off at 7.30 is impressive.
1: I mean, that's self-discipline. I'd be like, well, just one more sip. (laughs) Sometimes I will, like on the weekends, I'll be like, oh, it's nine o'clock. I really want that last cranberry seltzer. And then I regret that decision around 3 a.m. I'm like, ooh, shouldn't have done it.
0: (laughs) Oh, you guys are funny. Okay, I'm super excited to dive in. If you can't tell, this audio is so much better on their end. Like, they are legit they have their own podcast called cycle chats but i want to give both definitely definitely hey that's your guys's name definitely i like it we've never thought of that
2: no i like that a lot you heard it first and lexi's lounge (laughs) definitely
0: definitely i'm gonna give definitely a chance to introduce themselves so can you tell our listeners more about what you do who you are what you did before this i'm just I'm um, so just don't don't hold back.
1: <laughs> cool. So I'm Emily. I'm one half of the whole of Cycle Chats. And I and Stephanie were both our stories are intertwined. So I'm sure Stephanie will tell it and it will just kind of intertwine as we go. But Stephanie and I met officially, well, kind of backstage, but that's a long story. But we met at a children's theater where we were both children's theater teachers and became really fast friends. And then just kind of it sprouted from there. And then as the story goes now, I feel like the pandemic happened and the job closed and we lost everything that we had been working for in our careers for 20 plus years. And just as Stephanie says so eloquently kind of swam in a pool of not knowing what to do with our lives for about six months and then decided, oh, we really miss teaching our students. I wonder if we could like teach them a different way. How can we creatively teach them? So we decided to start our podcast to educate our students and now has turned into many more people on destigmatizing what it means to be a woman and be a millennial woman and how to change the narrative of what it means to be a woman with education as our key source. Since we're both educators, education is so important. I am currently a adjunct college professor at a few different local colleges in Florida. And it's a lot of, it's a lot of fun, but there's a lot of education that just students are unfortunately not receiving. That's my MO. That's what cycle chats is. It's putting that education on the forefront.
2: Yeah, pretty much Emily said everything (laughs) she needed to say about cycle chats. But as far as my personal piece goes, I was a teacher. Obviously, you heard that part, but I've also been a freelance makeup artist for over a decade at this point. And I actually just got done teaching a makeup class, and I'm going to be probably teaching another one over at my old college. So that's pretty cool. But yeah, I've been doing, you know, weddings bar and bat mitzvahs coming up. I did her wedding, which fun story. I'll make it real quick on how Emily and I intertwined. We had worked at a theater before where there were two stages in the theater because it was an old movie theater. And I was assistant stage managing at one of them and she was performing at the other one and so at a certain point during her show and my show we would both be backstage and she'd put on this bright pink lipstick and me being a makeup artist I just remember thinking god that's a really pretty color and so like a freak I would like hide behind the clothing rack because I realized I'm like I don't want her to like see me staring at her putting this lipstick on but I'm trying to figure out which one it is so I would just kind of like stare at her through the clothing rack and hope that she didn't like turn over and then one day when I was backstage I was waiting putting stuff away she came up to me she's like hey and I remember this a lot more aggressively she's like I don't think this is what happened but in my brain this is how it went down she's like hey you do makeup right and I'm like yes she's like great I'm getting married and I need to find a makeup artist I was like okay and like we exchanged I guess information and she had messaged me on Facebook Gave her the information and then didn't hear anything from her. And then she ended up working at the children's theater I was at. And then she brought it up and she was like, I'm so sorry. Like, it got away from me. I mean, you're planning a wedding, of course. But then at the time, we went to go watch someone we knew perform over the music. I don't think she knew I could hear her. I was also a
1: few cocktails in and I'm not a
2: drinker. So like it hit me hard. (laughs) And
1: so she leaned
2: over to her now husband, then fiance. and was like, if Steph and I are still friends, I would love for her to do my makeup for the wedding. (laughs) And I did not take that personal. So like, I knew we were going to be friends, but I leaned over and I was like, Hey, I heard what you said. I would love to do your makeup. I was just trying to book the job. And so she's like, Oh, okay, great. And I got a Facebook message from her and she's like, I am so sorry. Like, I hope that like you, like, I did not mean for it to come off that way. I was like, I did not take that personal at all, which I think goes to show you our ability to say things that may come across as a little bit abrupt and not take it personal. It was, I think, the makings of a beautiful podcast relationship. (laughs) Oh, yeah.
0: I mean, honestly, that's a, that's a trait. I feel like that not many people have in the world is being able to not take things personally. And even Emily reaching back out and being like, Hey, I'm so sorry. Like (laughs) most people would just ignore it and act like it didn't happen. So you guys are already shining star examples of good, a good partnership. So thank you.
1: you. (laughs) Gold
0: stickers
1: for everyone.
0: Yeah. Honestly. Okay. So my, my first question is that popped up. Cause as you guys were telling your backstory, I, so many questions, this is very unscripted, very like, okay. What is Lexi wondering in the moment? So I, both of you are, you teach at colleges. Just Emily does. Oh, okay. So Emily, I teach, I teach makeup sometimes at colleges,
2: but it's, she actually teaches. Okay. Officially. So like
0: professor and
2: then like classes yeah classes they'll hire me out as a contractor
0: to come in and and like teach the kids how to do makeup for a show that's awesome okay so my first question for both of you is how the heck do you guys even get into that aspect of it because I feel like you know in this online business world everyone's like showing their authority but truly I feel like you can't get much more authority than like being a professor or like being contracted by the school to teach teach students something hey it's Alexi McKinley interrupting your thought process here because i want to share something with you well actually can you do me a favor will you please stop what you're doing right now head to my instagram at alexi.mckinley and dm me the words in all capitals podcast and see what happens
1: okay back to our regular programming so for me i actually just started teaching. It was my first day. I went back to my alma mater where I actually got my graduate degree and taught for the first time there teaching theater appreciation for a hundred students. And I have never taught that many students all at once it is very overwhelming i am a very small of stature human being so and also a woman so a lot of that unfortunately usually presents itself in students thinking that they can treat me a certain way so i went into today really, really nervous because I was like, oh my God, hundred students I've never taught here before. I don't have my things together. I literally just got textbook access this morning. So I don't have any of my materials that I would usually have. And like this semester is not scheduled. So I went in and I was like, I'm going to be 110% honest with you guys. I just got textbook access today. So we're going to make this up as we go. And that's the beauty of what this journey is going to be. If something's not working, I'm going to change it, but I'm going to give you all the respect that I have, but I'm expecting that respect in return. And then I had these three white privileged male athletic students and they were talking and continuously gibber jabbering to one another on the sidelines. And usually I let some of that stuff go, especially on the first day, but it just kept happening. And I was like, no there's a hundred people in this classroom. This is unacceptable. So I turned to them and I was like, boys, welcome to college. I'm going to separate you. And I went, you can go over there and you can go over there and you can stay there. Love
0: it. I was was really proud of myself. Yeah. I'm glad that you set those expectations. I feel like in general, that's also a lost communication skill that people don't really have is being able to set their boundaries and just in full transparency, like set the expectations of the room, like
1: of friendships,
0: of relationships. So I freaking love that.
1: (laughs) They always know. I'm going to, I always say to them now, I'm either going to be your best friend or your worst nightmare. Yeah.
0: Make it, make the choice easy. It's your choice. (laughs) (laughs) Not mine. Yes. So when you go to your alma mater, do you just like message the Dean
1: and say, Hey, I would like to teach or I like like a job (laughs) position. I messaged my old professor who I thought was the chair of the department. And he was like, Oh, actually I stepped down and like somebody else took over. So I'll just forward him your message. He was like, I'm sure they'll welcome you back with open arms though. I was like, okay, great. And then about the next day, probably, or at least 48 hours, I got an email back from the chair of the department who I knew when I went to grad school there. And he was like, yeah, we got a teaching position. Uh, let me just make sure. And if everything, you know, works out, it's yours. I was like, great, that's exactly what I want. So sometimes I think it's like putting yourself out there and asking for the things you want because yeah. nothing's gonna happen if you don't put yourself forward into it. Cause some of these schools aren't listing that they have jobs, but they always do. So getting in touch with the chair of the department is a really good way to just be like, hey, I'm an adjunct professor, I'm looking for a class. Do you have anything? And then even if they don't at the time, they'll keep your name. And if somebody else drops, which happens all the time, you're going to be the first one they call. Wow.
0: That's amazing. I mean, th- that's a great skill in general, putting yourself out there, having the ask, like asking for what you want. How many times do we sit around just waiting for someone to be like, do you want to teach a class at the college?
2: <laughs> yeah, like, how exactly. You know,
0: I exist. There's millions of us or hundreds of us
2: at least. <laughs> for me, it's a lot of word of mouth. So if I've done most of the gigs that I do at this point have been recommended because I did something for someone or, you know, it's been passed down the line. So I think that adage really is true. It's not about what you know, it's about who you know. Though I do think it is still a little bit about what you know, because once you get in front of who you know, if you don't know what you're doing, they're
0: not going to recommend you anymore. So, Um, yeah. Better be on your A game. When you, oh yeah. Especially when you get referred in, that's there's there's a level of pressure with that too of like, okay, I'm not going to let this person down on their word. It's not just mine; it's theirs also. So that's, yeah. there's a little backing to that. Wow, that that's so interesting. So, what got you both into theater? I
2: was always theatrical, like even when I was little, the one of the favorite traits that I've been told of mine is that I used to be like hysterically crying and they'd be like, okay, family picture. And I'd be like, "Ah." and I'd, you know, I'd, I'd pose, I'd find the center of the photo, smile. And then once the pictures were done, I'd go right back to my crying. So I also liked how it made me feel. And I think the idea that you could create a different character I don't know. I just, I've always been a part of it. So I don't think, I think what got me into it probably is just the fact that I had a little bit of talent. I liked the way it felt to perform. I, you know, and then I kind of just took it from there. I would say the makeup part of it really took off more than the acting part. Um, And that's just because I used to utilize makeup with acting. And then I realized you could make a career out of doing makeup. And I was like, well, I'm going to do that. And that kind of stuck because Acting was a lot of like, you got to keep your hair a certain color and you got to look a certain way. And I was like, no, I want tattoos and piercings and I want to dye my hair bright pink. Mm-hmm. So it just, it, it slowly started to dwindle. I enjoy theater, I think as more of a observer of it and then the occasional performer. So I leave, I leave the space for people who are, you know, need to live and breathe it to, to have those auditions.
0: Yeah, I never even thought about that with acting, like your body is kind of, I don't want to say that sounds so weird, like your body's at the disposal, but like, you have to play a certain part, which means changing your appearance, at yeah. time. which I, I mean, like, we see people on TV, but we're like, oh, that's just how they look, you know? Yeah, no, no. you have to be easily
2: molded. And I just, that was hard for me, because I was like, I just, I want to do all of these fun things. And like, I want to wear the art on my body, but I can't because of X, Y, and Z. So I don't know that that was something that detoured me. It doesn't detour. There's a lot of actors who, you know, a plenty who are covered in tattoos, but I think you have to hit a certain level to be able to, to do that and, and then still get hired on this scale that I would be doing it. That's, you know, God forbid you've got too much. Then it's like, Oh,
1: or they pigeonhole you
2: because of it. Yeah. Or they, yeah, you get the same. Yeah. Same exact part
1: every single yeah. time. And you're like the drug God, addict right. or, you know, whatever it may be, yeah. because they're like, ah, she fits that hole. Perfect. Put I her in there. That. Yeah.
0: So do you have to, Stephanie, do you have to do full body makeup too? Or is it just. I've done body paint before. Most of the jobs that I get are just a lot of
2: weddings. So it's a lot of beauty makeup. Oh. Yeah, which yeah. is still a lot of fun. I mean, oh, you're yeah. definitely, you're definitely also part therapist in some of those situations because mm-hmm. you're calming the bride down before they're going out. And man, I've had brides say some wild stuff to me. They're just like, I just don't know. And I'm like, well, that's something maybe just as long as the check clears, whatever you got to think about <laughs> as you're walking down the aisle. <laughs> like, yeah, so. you probably you hear a lot. You probably hear yeah. all the like, it's like a hair, it's like hairdressers, you know?
0: Mm -hmm.
2: they know all the tea yeah everybody yeah if you have to
0: sit with someone for you know like eyes shut just you're kind of pinned in a place like that secrets start coming out yeah it's very (laughs) intimate so
2: I think it's like hard to not share when you're that close to someone I mean you could like kiss them on the lips I wouldn't but I'm just you could so it's like there's a certain level of intimacy there that you feel Mm -hmm. comfortable to to
0: open up So I keep all my secrets. Okay, before we go into how Emily got into theater, what is the craziest thing that you heard from one of your brides before Mm -hmm. wedding? Let's see if I remember this correctly. I was doing one of
2: the bridesmaids, was putting on her makeup, and she had dated the groom and the bride's brother and then was dating somebody in the groom's party. So really let that settle into your, your bones. And they were like all serious relationships. And I'm like, that is, so two of your exes are here and your current partner is also here. And they're all in the wedding.
0: She was definitely a topic of conversation.
2: Yeah. And she was like, she's like, I gotta, I gotta look hot. Cause my ex is here. And I was like, oh. I'm sorry yeah. to hear. She what goes, you, that's okay. It's on? the groom. And I'm like, what? So I don't know if like she was kid. I don't think she was kidding. Oh. At first I did. I was like, is she joking? So that was probably like the craziest thing that I've had to ingest. And I was like, well, listen, you got to do, I have like certain phrases I'll whip out when I don't know what else to say. And you got to do what you got to do was one of them, and and I was just like, well, you got to do what you got to do. Don't worry, we'll put on some nice lashes. And then I was yeah. like, I don't know what else to talk about with this girl.
0: You'll be the hottest one here. And that's yeah, it was like well,
2: I, can I mean, give you. Yeah, I was like, I'll do know. my
0: best. So
2: Godspeed. Hopefully,
1: she's doing well. Who knows? Yeah, <laughs> maybe. she's
0: probably with the other groomsmen at That's <laughs> what. Yeah, that's what
1: I was thinking too. Right? Maybe they're in like you Going know down the line now. Yeah, she's dated all of them. Maybe. Maybe she's dating the bride now. Who you know knows? what? Could you imagine that's the never know. of the
2: century? The bride and the groom got divorced and now she's with the bride. I mean, that's
1: amazing. <laughs> get with it. I love it. Yeah. Tiffany has to check in on these people and let us know what happens. Yes. So, Emily, <laughs> how'd you get into theater? So, for me, I don't know if I really had a, a choice in the matter. When I was growing up, I had two older brothers and also just like a very creative and welcoming family. And my middle brother, was obsessed with theater and would constantly be in shows and we would go and see him and my brothers are eight and 10 years older than me so there's significant age difference and i would sit in the audience and i remember just hearing applause and seeing the lights and i was like i want that i want it so bad and then when he would come home He would have all of his friends come over and they'd like create plays and do all of this stuff. He was in this group called Odyssey of the Bind, which I don't think is a thing anymore, unfortunately, but it's basically a theater group that like creates its own theater. And I remember he would like play Ursula and make me play Ariel all the time. And we would play dress up and like, that's just how I grew up. And so I grew up with that already in my like blood because I admired him so much I was like I want to do exactly what he is doing so I kind of followed in his footsteps growing up I went to the same high school he did I tried to become president of the drama club just like he was I was vice president it's okay Rory Gilmore was vice president in Chilton so on Gilmore Girls I'm obsessed so like it's okay I think it was meant to be that I was Rory's position instead of president like Paris It's, it's not a big deal I'm don't hold any anger towards that anymore. anymore but no not anymore that first year was real difficult though and then I just kind of fell in love with it and then like hit that awkward age of that lovely 11 to 14 when you oh. feel yeah. like complete dog poopy as a girl and you're like mm-hmm. I don't think I'm pretty nobody likes me I'm awkward look at my arms <laughs> and like you just are kind of floating And you're like, how do I, I'm not popular. These girls are, but I'm not confident. How do I get there? And then theater is such a beautiful space where you can put on a different persona. You can play multiple characters who are better than you And learn from them. And what a beautiful place to be in. That's always something that I like to tell my students. This is a safe and judgment free environment. If you are ready to grow, evolve, and change into a better person, this is the place for you. If you don't want to do that, then the door is over there. But that's what I'm looking to do because that's what theater was for me it was my expression of self without feeling like I didn't fit in, because I did fit in there. And I was able to find different facets of myself through these different women that I had played over 20 years of now doing theater and different roles. I mean, like, we always say, you know, on the podcast, one of my favorite things, and it goes with acting too, is that when you're playing these parts, like I was saying, some of these people are better than you, they just have different personality traits and you're like, I want to be more confident. How did she get that way? Oh, she did this. I'm going to take that confidence and I'm going to kind of sew it onto my skin. And then, oh, I played this person. Oh, wow. They're really sexy. I don't know what that's like. How are they so sexy? And then I take that and I put it on myself. Same thing goes for podcasting. When we talk to really great guests, they are telling me this amazing information and I'm able to therefore impart that information into my own person and become evolved. I mean, like, isn't that such a beautiful space to be in? So so the same thing goes for acting. So I, I think that's why podcasting and acting for Steph and I are just really easy because I think a lot of it is just, very familiar spaces of growing, evolving yeah. and changing and learning from these people that we don't know that there's always a wall up, but it's a healthy wall. It's just a boundary and like just getting all the information that we can to become better humans and then spread that information. Hands down, like the best gift in the whole entire world.
0: We interrupt this regularly scheduled programming to introduce you to this new, life changing, groundbreaking mastermind for the woman who knows that she wants more in her life, who's done with the tedious, monotonous, boring day to day routine that makes her feel unfulfilled. Life is too short for that. And this nine month container is going to completely transform the way you look at yourself, the way you show up, and the way that you run your business. The Rebirth Mastermind is here. Link in the show notes to book a discovery call and see if it's right for you. Now back to the episode. I have never heard acting broken down in that way, but honestly, I'm I'm going to be 100% real with you. I for a long time was in a box of like, oh well, I can't change because I was mean to people in high school, or I was a stoner in middle school, or you know, I was I had a different character than I do now. And for a long time, I really kept myself in this box of like, okay, well, if I were to run into somebody from high school right now, I would have to be like, bitch, you know what I mean? (laughs) Like, I would have to like, put this back on. But you made that feel so safe to just take like, if someone's very charismatic, and you love the way that they started a conversation, like take that piece and make it your own. Like, a part of me is like, well, does having multiple personalities make me a borderline personality disorder or whatever? But like, I think the way you broke it down, like it's everything that people in the online space have been talking about with embodiment. Like you start to find the traits and the characteristics through conversations, like you guys were saying, or through acting that you really like, and then it becomes a part of you. And I think that's really freaking cool because nobody has ever broken it down like that, that that's how... You can tangibly grow and evolve in every single situation, every single conversation in your life. I'm just mind blown.
2: Yeah, Yeah, you should be inspired. I think at the end of it is you should be inspired by the people that you're interviewing and like kind of to piece together the partnership thing. I could not do it. That's why it's called cycle chats, not cycle chat, because you have to have two people to run this space and it would not be what it is without the two of us. And like, there are things that Emily embodies that I can't do. And there are things that I do that Emily can't. And then we come together and those things start to counterbalance one another. And I I think that's, that's the beauty of growth is being inspired by who you're speaking with, but also who you're in a partnership with. I mean, if I wasn't inspired by Emily then what's there's no point, you know? And I think there are times- we're not, where would, yeah, we're not challenging each other. Yeah, we're not challenging. And there's been times where she sent me something and she's like, you inspired me to mess around on Canva a little bit more. And like, we help each other grow. And so I think that's, it's so important to like find things about other people that you like and then try to figure out, okay, that's what I like about them. How do I embody that and make it my own? You don't have to do it like they do it and you're not going to because you're not them. But you can take that concept, that idea and create your own version of it.
1: And also take the negative of people right? that you're seeing. Same thing. If you don't want that, great. Throw it in the trash can and don't think about it another day. Like, Get rid of it then. It Mm -hmm. goes for both sides of the coin take what inspires you and quilt that on yourself and become that beautiful, all different patchwork quilt and take the negativity and the things that you don't like from people mm. and throw it away. I constantly ask myself, cause I think a lot of us, especially young women go through this phase where your mom is the enemy. And for a lot of years, my mom was, and I thought, I don't ever want to be like her. And so I would say, okay, what is her negative qualities? She's judgmental. She's stubborn, all of these things. Well, I'm not going to take those and I'm going to throw them away, but what are her good qualities? How do I impart those? So I think it's just both sides of figuring out what you like and what you don't like, and then becoming whoever that person is and evolving and changing.
0: That you I, I mean, we literally just broke down what being a human is like, yeah. like, the, the, I think this boils down to like, the sociology between humans, like how we all kind of interconnect and intertwine and become the best version of ourselves or the next version or continue to evolve. I think it's just so interesting. Just, I, I'm literally mind blown a little bit speechless just about like, just how deep that went. It's just, it's really freaking cool. And like, to to give an example of what you guys were saying, I have a friend who is absolutely gorgeous, and she's super charismatic, and everybody loves her. And I'm I'm obsessed with her in the least weird way possible. And I'm like, okay, how I I kind of watch, and I'm like, how like how does she do it, you know? But I've kind of figured out like my own way to be more charismatic. But I think it's because it you know it shined a light on what the reception was with charismatic people and how they the room just kind of looked over when they walked in and i think m- my version of charismatic is is not hers like her version of charismatic is being very like engaging in conversations and the like the touching and the you know like like that and i'm more like Someone told me I have Jim Carrey expressions. <laughs> I'm more like, I'm blanking on the word right now, but like, I always have like the audible expressions and the hand gesture. Yeah, you're more like, visually charismatic. Yeah, no, and then like all like, just start dancing. And like, I, I do that kind of stuff. But I, I think it's so interesting because for a long time when I first realized like, oh, I really like that about my friend. I probably tried to just follow in her footsteps immediately and be like, oh, I'm gonna mimic start her. talking the yeah. same way. You know, but I think it's really finding like, well, what is natural to me because I'm not the kind of person who all the time is like, you know, like I'm a, I'm kind of yeah. a loose. I I am, but when I'm a, when I'm out, I'm like, <laughs> yeah, you're out for a good time. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. oh, so I get I think, it. I think it's really cool that we just broke that seam open. I feel like I just had an awakening. <laughs> <laughs> so in cycle chats in general, you guys said that you are trying to destigmatize women what it means to be a woman so what is the biggest stigma that you actively see that you are actively working to break
1: that's a great question I think one of the biggest things that we try and just like break the idea of is that women have to be one-dimensional
0: and that we have
1: to be small yeah like kind small polite Mm, quiet and, yeah
2: and that's something that we hear reoccurring across the board with our guests is like how they have to fight to be seen and heard in a room full of bigger voices, men, voices and men yeah. you know it's mm-hmm. just it's uh, it's the unfortunate unfolding of that is a lot of times these women are in positions of you know ceo power self-employment and they had to fight to to be like noticed yeah as not just a woman. <laughs> a, a, yeah, like a pair of tits and ass. So right so to speak.
0: Yeah. yeah, it's really sad that that's still even a thing, you know? It, yeah, it, and it's like, if you if you want, this is actually something that I fight with a lot with
2: myself, because I love dressing, sometimes very provocatively. It just makes me feel good. I like it. I like the way my body looks. I like the way I look but I also know then how I'm perceived is very different than who I actually am. It's just hard because I think women, you get one of two things, right? Cover up and you're a prude, show it all off and you're a big bag of sluts. Mm -hmm. There's nothing wrong with either of them. But again, there's so much stigma to both. And then it's like, well, then you have to be the perfect woman with just the right amount of class and just the right amount of sass. And that's the ultimate woman. And it's like, I, f- I feel like there's I like a thousand
1: other character yeah, traits like, out there. <laughs> women just
2: be whatever they want and whatever makes them comfortable without there being like an intense label slapped on them, you mm-hmm. know? And it's, it's kind of like a guy can sleep with whoever he wants. And that's just boys being boys, but a girl does it. And oh, well, now she's loose. And I'm like,
0: uh, you not know Notice. how that works like <laughs> right or your,
2: your little pencil is going to do nothing to me i can assure you of that sir so <laughs> i don't know how graphic we're allowed to get on this i apologize Please
0: get as get as graphic as possible i left it as explicit because i don't want to censor myself or have anybody feel like they have to censor themselves on here yeah that's so, so true so true i mean why can't we just be who we are in the moment like why does there have to be a label attached to it or a stigma like if i if i want to look like a troll one day well, how does that make me any less of a woman than the next day if i show up looking like i just got off the runway or the next day where i look like i might be homeless you know like why is there like i think the perceptions thing has been really challenging for me too lately so it it really resonates because like, I show up acne and all because I've learned to embrace the realness of this. But I had some guy comment and I did this pod- a podcast about this. Um, I saw
1: this. Yeah. yeah
0: it, I mean, he said I was, I was nasty and I need to go wash my face. And I'm like, well, because I have acne. Like, if this was a man, would you have said that? Like, no. P- Dudes
2: can have like the bare minimum and they think they're the shit. There's one, there's one guy, I think he's like, he just looks like a doorknob and he's like trying to educate other men on how to be alpha males and how women belong in the kitchen. And I'm like, dude, have you looked in a mirror?
0: Is that the one that just got kicked off of all the platforms? I don't even want to say his name.
2: Okay. Ah. It was so good. I was (laughs)
0: like,
2: live your truth, baby. If you want to go like slap on a wig and some heels, like just say that. Like you obviously (laughs) want to be a woman so bad. Like Why Mm -hmm. are you behaving this way? So I don't know. It just, to me, that that kind of stuff is, it's comical at best. I'm like, you live in your mom's basement. Come on, let's not Mm -hmm. throw stones. Yeah.
1: I mean, I've been teaching for three years now, like consistently and for adults and colleges. And I have to say, and this is so sad, but it's true. Every issue that I have is typically with a male student. Because they think that they can get away with whatever they want. And it's just not the case. I treat them just the same as everybody else. And the fact that they think that they can just get away with it because I'm a woman and they are a man. I don't let that and you, card and it's get not, played.
2: It's not all guys. However, it's- There are very, a select especially few. Especially <laughs> where Emily and I are. It's very prevalent- but the minute you start talking to these guys and you start hearing how they were raised and their views on things, you're like, oh, okay, mm. I get it. I, I get what's going on here.
0: I got your number, sir. Yeah, it's, it's.
2: <laughs> I will say Midwestern boys seem to, I'm like, where are you from? Like Chicago, New Jersey, New York. I'm like, oh, yeah. that's why
0: you're so sweet. <laughs> so. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. <laughs>
2: New oh. York's a little rough around the edges, but I still I still dig it. I still dig it.
0: They're a little they're blunt. I like that about them. And I like the the ones that have the bot the boss the Boston accent. Bo- yeah, Boston. A lot of Boston boys. You're like, oh God, you're so polite. Yeah. You're, you're, like, you're, you're a ballbuster, but you're so nice and your like, political views are beautiful. <laughs> and they got like they got like assaulted when like with each other, you know, and they like, yeah. beat each other oh, yeah. down, and now they're like, okay, I've seen the worst of it. So, I mean, yeah. we're all yeah. the rest of us are fine. <laughs> okay. So what is the biggest gap that you're trying
1: to fill that you see at least needs to be filled in your space? Oh man, so many things. So if I take this question and I put it in my theater appreciation realm, then something that I always tell my students and I like pride myself on this is that my class is not just about how to appreciate theater, why theater is important. It's how theater can affect change within your life and how you therefore can affect change within everyone else's lives, because I absolutely hate social media. I think it is a terrible thing that somebody decided to, I don't know if they were the popular kid or the bully who was like, you know what, I'm going to do? I'm going to create this thing that is online and is forever where anybody can come and say mean or happy comments about somebody else.
0: Mm -hmm. With silly
1: discussions. With exact, I mean, it's absolutely insane to me. So, what I always like to do is have my discussion days with my students. We talk about the chapter, but then at the end of the class, I always say, okay, now let's discuss a life topic. And I bring something up to them and we discuss it. So like my first week is typically what content are you taking in and what content are you putting out? Because I want them to realize that the things that they're double tapping are not always the greatest thing. Just because you see a hot girl in a bikini doesn't mean you should double tap because what is that helping? Nothing. It's helping promote nothing. It's helping elicit no change. Mm -hmm. If we want change to be made, and I honestly think the millennials and these Gen Zers are going to affect great change, but if we want to affect great change, then we actually have to make the steps to change. So I always say, What content are you taking in? What content are you putting out there? Are you just showing your face fully glammed up with a ton of makeup on? Then what is the conversation that we're promoting here? Be your authentic selves and admire people that are looking to help change the narrative. Mm. I think too many people just are like, But what about what uh, Kim Kardashian wore and her ass? And like, I'm like, why does it matter? I don't understand. What is she doing with her money? Nothing, nothing. She's not helping change. I know she's a lawyer now. Yeah, she went to law school. It's absolute malarkey. But follow Mm -hmm. the small creators that are actually looking to change what will happen in the future. What will happen in your nieces or nephews, your children's future, this earth that we all live on that is eventually going to die because we've been terrible to it yeah we're really mean to it (laughs) we're so mean to it think about those people how you can help them affect change in this society and something that Steph and i keep saying on our podcast is even though we're dropping a pebble in the pond we see the ripples but we may not see the waves and that's okay as long as we're creating the ripples we're doing our job
0: yes Oh, I love that. that That's super, super powerful. Because, you know, I do think like as much as I love binge watching the Kardashians on TV, I do think I do too.
1: I, I do that. think
0: that they've inspired <laughs> change. Like, I think there's not enough transparency in the beauty standards that they set with the platform that they have, like how exactly. much money actually goes into their chefs, their liposuction, their Botox, their fillers, their surgeries, their... They're personal trainers, like, and I can see why there's so many people that struggle with their body image, especially in 2022, because we have things like FaceTune and Photoshop and social media to just compare and edit and tweak and, you know, try to show up and be perfect because, you know, Kim Kardashian, every other celebrity, they show up perfect. You hardly see anybody with stretch marks and acne or regular hair or like, People that just got out of bed without a filter, you know, it's, it's, we have really set ourselves up for some work that Deep we traumas. Do. Yeah. Deep trauma.
1: It's really freaking sad. Yeah. It is, it is super sad because you're right. I mean, I just saw like on Instagram the other day, I was doing my normal scroll and There is like Kim Kardashian's belly, and they're like, Oh, she just got this new surgery or whatever treatment microderma thingy for a tightening of her tummy. And I'm like, Okay, that's great. How many people can actually afford that? And like, while we're talking about what people people can afford, why are freezing your eggs for women so damn expensive? You know how expensive it is to actually do that? Mm -hmm. If you want to change then make the change I'm so confused it like literally blows my mind sometimes that we're just not able to make things more accessible to the normal human being the everyday person who's going to the grocery store who's working those three jobs like why are we not making it accessible for them if that's what they want
0: Mm mm-hmm I 100% agree. and I think honestly, it takes conversations like these and people who are not afraid to disrupt to make that change. I think that there's been a lot of people that are just kind of like, waiting around for something to just land in their lap and yeah. be different. But I think it I think what it all boils back to throughout this conversation is being the change that you want to see. Like if you want to see cyberbullying stop on the internet then quit bullying people on the internet like be the voice of reasons fill that void actively speak against bullying people on the internet like you would think it's almost common sense but it's also not and it's also kind of scary to like use your voice in that way because especially as women we've been taught to just zip it don't cause a wave yeah i think we should cause a monsoon Well, you guys, this was super fun. We went in so many different areas, but I think we went really deep and I absolutely loved just chatting with the both of you. And I know my audience is going to be like, oh, there's so many twists and turns and I loved every minute of it. So thank you so much for everything. For your podcast, where can people find it? And what kind of topics do you, have you guys been covering recently on there that may be of interest for them to start with?
2: Well, you can find us on our website, which is www.cyclechats.com. And we are really active on Instagram, which is cyclechats, all lowercase, no space. And then Emily, if you want to take away
1: what topics we've been covering. Yeah. And we also have our new uh, YouTube series, which is really exciting called Chit Chats, where it's just Stephanie and I totally unedited talking about God knows what and yeah, just having honest to God conversations between two friends and sometimes conflict and debate. And that's what makes it tick. So mental health is a really big thing that we've been diving into a lot more. Stephanie shares her story. We talk to guests about it, how outsiders who don't have, you know, something that they're dealing with, how they can help the people that are dealing with things. That's a really big thing for us because this affects both of us. We want to grow, learn, and evolve during the podcast, just like our listeners. So like we want to learn about topics that we're interested in. Uh, Of course, we talk about menstruation here and there. I think everybody's like cycle chats. Oh gosh, it's just about periods. It's not the case. It's about breaking the cycle of what it means to be a woman, but it would be negligent of us if we didn't talk about Sorry. menstruation, yeah. <laughs> because it's a huge part of being a woman. And there, mm-hmm. let me tell you, is so much that they're not telling us about our bodies and what's happening. So if they want to start with uh, Audrey's episode, which is menstruation 101 with Audrey S. Mm-hmm. Geyer, that's a phenomenal She's place. Excellent. She's excellent. I really enjoy uh, the conversation that we had with Melanie D. Wilson. Uh, I believe that one is called Breaking, Breaking the, chains. the Chains of Anxiety. Yeah, yeah. that and was that's a really, really share. good one that's Stephanie's where I share my story. story. Yeah. Uh, we've started talking a lot about, you know, body image and social media. So we have a new episode with Courtney Rossell coming out who we're really excited about. That was a great conversation that we had last night about social media and really how hard it is for women in the fitness industry and body image.
0: Mm, there's so many good places to start. Oh, I can't, I'm going to listen to the, the menstruation one first. Cause I, that's, I've I've recorded three podcasts today. This is the fourth. But in the uh, two of them, menstruation has come up. So I'm like, it's fresh in my mind. And I'm I'm excited to hear your guys' perspective on it too. Well, thank you guys so much. I am going to link everything in the show notes below. But if you guys got some really good nuggets from Stephanie. I almost said again, Definitely. Stephanie. I like it. That's our I, branded name now. I know. You get Stephanie 5%. and Emily. <laughs> make sure to slide into their dms at cycle chats on instagram and let them know what resonated because you guys we're in the podcasting world like we don't see you you're listening to us if something resonates you got to tell us so make sure to do that but thank you guys so much for being on the podcast it was super fun to chat with you guys and i know this is going to resonate with so many people yeah. Thank you. This is a blast. Measure. I had a lot of fun. Yeah. Hey, thank you so much for coming out to the lounge today. It is truly an honor to have you here a part of this journey in this community with us. If you're loving this podcast, share it with a friend, tag us on social media and leave some love in the reviews below. Also, there are still resources for you in the show notes below. So do not miss those before you exit out of this podcast. All right. See you next week.